When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome everybody to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, co-host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. Here with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter at 105.7 The Fan. And Ravens lose to the Jaguars. <laughs> uh, 27-28? 28-27? However you like to put it. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Ravens lost. And Cordell and I talked about this on our last podcast. We really had some reservations about this game. Um, the Jaguars, while not good from a record standpoint, have um, tried to play against, you know, better teams. We know what they did against the Chargers. I thought that they played really well against the Chiefs, even though they lost that game. And Ravens um, won three games in a row. Just felt like the Jaguars coming off of that bye and with the holiday season in full swing that the Ravens were in prime position to drop this game. And unfortunately, Cordell and I were right. So let's start with defense, Cordell. Um, <laughs> this is a, a, a the side of the ball that in recent weeks it felt like we worried about the less. And it turns out that we should have still been very concerned about what was going on defensively because for whatever reason, they didn't get off the bus uh, on Sunday's game. And it appears that the Jaguars knew this. And, you know, here we are, what it is. Trevor Lawrence, 321 yards, three touchdowns. Zay Jones, 11 receptions, 175 yards. And so, obviously, we know how this game ended. Third and 21, they found a way to give up 16 of that 21 they go forward on fourth down, fourth and five, they convert, and then the rest is history. They go down the field, get a touchdown, and then get a two-point conversion to win the football game. So, uh, Cordell, when you were watching this, because I personally felt like this defense was off all game. Um, they tried this. They, in the beginning, they, 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 they were doing some things. But ultimately, I think that the Jaguars kind of changed some things up a little bit. I felt like that they found ways to get the ball out of their hands quicker, which in some ways eluded, uh, kind of made the pass rush um, non-effective. Um, and then you have the the situation with the secondary, um, just not doing too good. And it was just a recipe for disaster, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jacksonville, credit to them. Trevor Lawrence came out and he had a great day. Like you said, over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns. Zay Jones was his guy, uh, 11 catches on 14 targets, 145 yards. I mean, and a lot of that was against guys like Brandon Stevens, 
uh, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, uh, uh, not Marlon, uh, Marcus Peters. Um, and the Ravens did kind of what I expected them to do. They had Marlon really on Christian Kirk a lot. And yeah. we didn't hear a lot from Christian Kirk throughout this game until the end. But Zay Jones, he really kept them in, in the game. And Trevor Lawrence, credit to him. I mean, he took some shots throughout this game. He took some sacks at moments. He didn't look great. But for the most part, he did his thing in this one. And for the Ravens, you didn't see the pass rush that we're used to seeing in the past, specifically on the third downs. The third downs, the the the, the uh, Jaguars are really able to kind of make their money uh, out there as far as pass rush. Now, they may not have uh, com- converted on a lot of those third downs, but it was just the fact that the Ravens weren't being able to get the pass, get the pressure on obvious pass downs that they've been getting over the last couple of weeks. And I think as the game went on, it started to bite them a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I really think the injury to Travis Etienne was almost like a blessing in disguise. You thought so, you thought. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a blessing in disguise for Jacksonville. We thought it would be a help, a boost for the Ravens, but it ended up going against them. And I think this game really showed how much teams really game plan for a specific player. And when that player is, isn't is in the game anymore and somebody else uh, replaces them, somebody that you don't have a lot of film on, you see how – it can affect the defense. They they didn't know what to expect from Jermichael Hasty. They didn't know how the Jaguars were going to use him. And credit to the Jaguars, they basically used uh, Hasty as if he was ETN. I mean, everything yeah. that they do with ETN, they did it with Hasty. Uh, and the Ravens really had no answer for it. I I, I think you obviously saw the the huge drop off as well from the Kyle Hamilton we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks to the Brandon Stevens that we saw out there in this game. Brandon Stevens, albeit he's there in coverage, but he's not making a play on the ball. He's tackling the guy after the after the receiver makes the catch. It doesn't really serve you any purpose uh when when that's the when that's the case. And I'm not acting like Kyle Hamilton is some uh shut down defender or anything like that, but you can you can clearly see how his length was missed in this game. They, they absolutely cover as much field, I think, in this game without Kyle Hamilton. So, you know, it, it'll be back to the drawing board for them. But I mean, that last drive was was really tough to watch. To, to to watch Jacksonville just literally get everything they wanted on that last drive up the field was was kind of crazy. And all right, I get it. You're you're in somewhat of a prevent defense. You're not letting them beat you over the top but you're giving up chunk play after chunk play. And then you get, you look and now you're in the red zone and okay, this is the area where you think you're just going to lock them down. And then there it is. You know, Peters gets beat over there by Marvin Jones, who makes a heck of a grab, whether people want to debate whether he got his leg down in bounds or not. It's a waste of time to be honest with you. Doesn't I mean, even matter. It is what it is uh, at this point. I, I just, for the, I'm not overly concerned about this defense going forward, though. Um, I, I do think that Marlon Humphrey getting hurt in the back end of this game played a huge factor. Uh, Christian Kirk, all of a sudden, you started hearing his name on that last drive. Um, you started seeing the ball go in, in areas that they weren't going 
before Marlon Humphrey was out of the game. So I think once Marlon's back out there, hopefully Kyle Hamilton's able to return at some point. And this, you know, they were due. We've been saying that. I mean, they, they were due. As a team, they were due. But even defensively, they were due. They they have been playing lights out over the last month or so. Um, they had looked dominant. I don't I, – I, I think that they are a really good unit. I don't know if they're as good as they've shown themselves to be over these last couple of weeks. So this was the trap game that we were expecting. Um, I wish I didn't change my pick as much as I did throughout the week. But, yeah, I, I should have stuck with my gut because the Jags gave the Ravens the fight that we expected. Exactly. I, 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 you know, look, third and 21 is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and that's an understatement. Uh, you cannot be in a position where you give up 16 of those 21 yards. So then you make fourth down um, a manageable down for the Jags. And um, I, I just don't understand, you know, how you really just, like you said, I am not a fan of prevent at all. Um, I think that you have to put pressure on a quarterback in that type of situation. And statistically, it shows that, you know, Trevor Lawrence does not bode well under pressure. Um, I think I saw something about he had one touchdown and six interceptions um, under pressure. So, you know, I don't understand why you don't use that, particularly when your secondary is not having the best of days. Right. Um, typically, Mike McDonald is – I, I try to give him his flowers because I think that he he does well. Um, but this, to me, was a, a more poorly called game. And let's just call it – it was poorly called. Lack of execution was there. Um, and that is what led to – what we saw today, which is the 28 points. And, you know, uh, it's interesting because the Ravens really don't have a, a lot of depth in the secondary at the, at the defensive back position. They do have guys, but they lack experience. Mm -hmm. So you have uh, someone asked, well, where was Pepe Williams? I'm not really sure if you if Pepe Williams was that much of an upgrade from Brandon Stevens that you like to think. A rookie, let's start there. So th the experience is not there. Brandon Stevens has at least been here. You know, he was here last year. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't have Jalen Auburn Davis available. You still don't have Marcus Williams. Cal Hamilton was not playing. And Marcus Peters is pretty much done as a Raven, I'd like to think. Um, he's a free agent. He has not played well this year. He, has he had moments where he's made plays? Yes. Has he played well overall? No. And so when you're not putting pressure on the quarterback, then yes, those guys are going to make plays simply because you're secondary. Oh, and by the way, Marcus Peters was banged up a little bit um, in, in the game. Those guys are not playing well. Chuck Clark did not have a good game. Uh, the touchdown to the running back, although we watch Marcus Peters do absolutely nothing about it. Chuck Clark should have come over and and helped uh, and, and handled that situation. So, you know, I just do not understand why every down, every other down, you're not in Trevor Lawrence's face. I can't understand that for the life of me, why you're not always putting pressure on him, particularly when statistics say that he does not well under pressure and I would love I, I don't I did not hear um, anyone ask that question to the coach but I would love to know the answer to that
Yeah, I, I thought this would be the, the Ravens aren't a typical aren't typically a heavy blitz defense this year. Uh, you know, under under Mike McDonald, but I did expect for them to be a little more aggressive in that department this week against uh, Trevor Lawrence, but just because, like you said, we know his struggles against the pressure, but they have been so good at getting pressure with just four, you know, and, and not having to really blitz a lot of guys, maybe four or five at times. Uh, but that wasn't the case in this game today. And I really think it started to cost them as the game went on. And we've seen Mike McDonald make adjustments all season that have worked, but we didn't really see the adjustments made. I mean, it was clear that the Jaguars are the one, are the, are, were the coaching staff that went into the locker room at halftime and came up with a, a new game plan that the Ravens couldn't handle. I mean, and it was really on both sides of the ball. Yeah, uh, I, I thought uh, Jacksonville just really took it to them, and when they needed it, they got it. Uh, I. I I mean, we'll talk about the offense in a little bit. The defense <laughs> had their issues, no doubt about it. The defense was not great today. I still believe that the defense played well enough to win. Um, you do? I do. I do think that the defense played well enough to win. I thought that they were put in unfortunate situations against a team that they had no business uh, being in those situations when. And they should have been playing with possibly a 17-point lead at worst. And they weren't. They were playing in a one-score game the entire game. And when you when you do that, you open the door for things to happen, just like what we saw happen at the back end of that game. Uh, you open the door for Trevor Lawrence to get in a rhythm. Granted, the Ravens forced him to be one-dimensional. I mean, there was really no run game from the Jaguars to really speak of in this game. It, they really just came out and threw the ball all over the field on them. And we haven't seen them look that that bad against the pass in weeks it's been a yeah. it's been a while um so i i don't know i think it was a combination of them definitely not executing the coaching staff not adjusting but also i i thought that the offense put them in some really bad situations as well yeah i mean you know it, it, it's funny because the narrative is going to continue that this is another game in which the fourth quarter it was a meltdown um from uh the ravens uh, in terms of giving up points, but, you know, we're going to ignore, you know, the Gus Edwards fumble and all of those things that kind of put them in really uncharacteristic positions late in the game. It still doesn't negate how I feel about that third and 21. I, um, I'm disgusted. No I'm disgusted. Uh, I think you, uh, I think that, you know, that's ridiculous. I, I am, I am Cordell. You're laughing at me. I'm disgusted. Okay. No defense that has played as well as they've had over the last few weeks should allow a third and 21 to happen. None. Right. And so um, you, you have to be held accountable in that regard. Uh, no, you didn't lose the game, but you, you played some somewhat of a role because when it was your time to step up and make a play, you didn't do it. And that's what it boils down to. And then here we are um, not only with the touchdown, but with the two point conversion as well to end the game. So, defense did not play well. No, I mean, they didn't, they, I, they, they don't get, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm conflicted. I, I think you're conflicted about friend. I, I'm conflicted a little bit. I don't think that the defense played well. I want to stress that. I don't think that they play. It was their best game, but I, I, I do think that, that they played good enough to win a football game, not saying dominate the game, but I feel like that they could have won this game. 
with the performance that the defense put forth. And that's with them giving up three passing touchdowns. The turnover, the turnovers weren't there the way that they've been in the last couple of weeks. That was a big thing. The Ravens have really relied on the turnovers on this defense this year. And credit to Trevor Lawrence, he was, you know, he only gave them one. So uh, I, I, I still think that they were good enough to win the game, but definitely not their best performance. Definitely not their best performance. All right, before we get into our next segment, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast. That way, every time that there is a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. All right, Cordell, let's talk about this offense. Let's get it in underway. Um, man, it was hard. I, I don't know where this offense has been. I don't know where they've gone. Um, last couple weeks, they have not shown up. And, you know, I think it took a turnover for, for us to get another touchdown uh, going, uh, like last week in Carolina. Um, so they did get two touchdowns, but they also had three field goals. They got into the red zone three times, did not get any touchdowns um, to start the game. Uh, essentially, this is what cost them the football game. I mean, literally, if you just get one of those probably a different ball game just one of the three that you didn't get probably a different ball game um, Ravens find a way to not um, score enough points you know what I mean and it's concerning it's concerning particularly when you start to see um, that they're not scoring like they should um, some of the play calls have been questionable and then you know lastly look we have to talk about the personnel you know, and forget the fact that Isaiah likely wasn't available. It doesn't matter. There are plays that Lamar, yes, we're going to say Lamar overthrew a couple passes. Fine. I'd like to argue that um, Demarcus Robinson lazily came out of that break um, in, in the over the first overthrow mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. didn't and didn't really run it until he realized that the ball was getting close. Then he sped up. And the overthrow of Josh Oliver, I like to argue, if you got a, a, a true number one, that dude catches it. When we watch the Bills, Stephon Diggs catches that ball. When we watch the Vikings, Justin Jefferson catches that ball. When we watch the Eagles, A.J. Brown catches that ball. I named all guys that are true number ones. The Ravens don't have that. And ultimately, that is going to be their Achilles heel moving forward until they find somebody that's going to be able to make plays when their guys are overthrowing passes a little bit. I, I feel like I, I don't want to get caught up in this world where you got to pick a side, right? I, I feel like, I feel like more than one thing can be true. I totally agree that on those, some, I, I agree with you on the Demarcus Robinson one, even the one in the back of the end zone. I feel like he's got to cut. He's oh, yeah. Catch oh, it. yes. Thank you. I forgot like, about that one. Not really sure why he didn't catch that one. Yeah, that, that's got to That's that's got to be a catch. I mean, he puts it right there. Um, the Josh Oliver one, I, 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 I could kind of live with that a little bit. You want to see him hit that throw, but I get it. He's trying to hit the receipt. He's trying to hit Josh Oliver in the soft spot of the zone. Lamar's issue is that he just puts too much zip on the ball. He's got to just take a little bit of it off because even with a lot of his deep balls that are overthrown, it's really because it's it's almost it's a rocket coming out. And it's just not – It's I don't know. It, instead of it, – it's just so flat. It's such a flat ball. It's not too much arc on it, if that makes sense. So when even when it's a deep ball, the ball is really just – 
like a line drive that's going over your hand. And that's pretty much what that ball was for Josh Oliver. Now, albeit the part I agree with is if that's another team, you don't have to have two wide receivers, two tight ends, and even your fullback because Patrick Ricard is out there running more routes than he should be and getting more targets than he yep. probably should. Um, you don't have tight ends and fullbacks in these positions where you would normally have a wide receiver in. That's the I think that's the difference for the Ravens. Lamar L- Lamar is out there throwing to tight ends who are being asked to sometimes make miraculous catches. And while tight ends have developed into crazy receivers nowadays, they still aren't wide receivers. They can't necessarily uh, jump up as fast as a wide receiver can. They're just not as quick to react at, in, in certain plays as wide receivers are. So I, I think that's what kind of bites them sometimes. Even the Andrews drop was bad as well. Um, this offense, it, it's inconsistent, and that's and that's being nice. And they, we usually say that teams are the, the way teams play they are their coach's identity you know um right now i feel like this offense might be some of greg Ro- really might be greg roman's identity inconsistent at best uh unsure um not very confident in anything in particular out there not you know dominant I I just don't I don't feel like this offense right now is is scaring anybody the threat of Lamar scares people no doubt the threat of Lamar will always scare defenses but no I don't think anybody truly fears this Ravens offense at all and why and really why should they um they leave a lot of points on the field they beat themselves with a ton of penalties uh the the taking the clock down all the way to the end of the play clock is just mind numbing at this point. I, I watch football all day and they're the only team I see on a weekly and daily basis that deals with play clock issues. It's elementary. It's really elementary. It's what you expect to see from rookie quarterbacks, first, second year uh, coaches, not a quarterback, coaching combination has been together this long i mean they continue to talk they, they talk about how the language I, I can't get over when they had said that some of the language with some of the plays are so long well why at this right. point you under like lamar should understand the lingo you guys should be able to take it to your advantage that you've been around each other for so long that you can simplify some of these play call some of these play calls i, I just feel like the ravens work against themselves way too often I um i did and, and then you got possessions again where they're in the red zone no run plays uh to that was weird to me zone. where was gus edwards i mean gus edwards is bare he, he got out there as the game went on but even in that red zone trip where they threw it every time he he really wasn't out there i i don't know i think that they get so cute down there and it's it's crazy they tried to go to Devin Duvernay okay and the thing with it that it kind of frustrates me with that is if the Devin Duvernay play doesn't work once they will never see it again it's it's like I mean does it is it touchdown or bust every time he touches the ball can he can he never get any more opportunities he got a couple more chances in the receiving game today uh, but this this pass offense was inconsistent at best like I said uh, Demarcus Robinson after a great day last week 
a huge letdown this week. Uh, I, I, not the greatest hands in this game, not necessarily been, none of them were really getting much separation. It was one, one play, I think on a third down in the red zone, they showed the, the sky zone replay. Everybody's covered. Everybody's covered. Everybody's in one-on-one situations. Nobody can break away from anybody. Nobody's really working themselves back for their scrambling quarterback. It's, I feel like right now, and I'm not. Lamar's not exempt from any of the responsibility in this game. Sure. He has a share in it himself. But I think we got to be careful because we could be watching a dude that's really reaching his ball and point. Not to say again, not to say he's doing everything right, but he may feel like he has to be almost perfect because of everything that's around him. He's got to make up for some of the you know, the, the lack of talent that they have at certain positions. So he has to go into overdrive every game. He's got to yep. hit on everything. Some of these quarterbacks, I watched Patrick Mahomes and them just beat the Rams. You know, they get cha- – Patrick Mahomes missed on quite a few throws in this game. But he, he gets to go – he gets to do that because he can come right back and they'll pick up 30 yards on the next play or something like that. They – the Ravens just don't have that. Some of these other quarterbacks, like you mentioned, they've got guys that can make plays for them. He doesn't really have that right now. Mark Andrews isn't even making plays for him right now. And I'm not saying that Mark isn't, you know, doing doing what he's supposed to do. This dude is about as banged up as anybody is on this. Right. I mean, he can only do but so much. Right. And he's a tight end on top of that. Like, let's right. be clear. Like, he ain't running no four threes. It ain't like he that fast. So, you know, I, I had been hammering for Mark to, to be outside more. And, and we did see him outside. But mm-hmm. it's a shame that I even have to ask for that, Cordell, because it, you know, your tight ends should not be the guys that you have to put outside. You need depth. You need good wide receiver and play. In the National Football League in 2022, you need those types of things to be championship caliber. Running game can only get you so much. And you can be a running team. That's the thing. But do you have guys that when it's time for you to play action or it's time for you to, you know, um, throw, a, throw a pass – are they going to be able to make those plays for you? And as of right now, these guys are too inconsistent. And, yes, that does include Mark Andrews. So I don't know what the Ravens are expecting from this point. And this is why when we had this conversation, I hate the whole, oh, well, the schedule is nice. And Look, forget all of that, okay? Mm-hmm. What are the matchups like? Look at the matchups, okay? And that's the thing that you should be concerned about. And while I didn't see the defense doing what they did against um, the Jaguars, I certainly was prepared for what the Ravens did offensively today. That was something that we were both concerned about. And so if I'm concerned and you're concerned, we're on the outside looking in, what is the organization doing over there? What, and do they not think that this is a problem? And if they don't think this is a problem, that's a problem. Yeah. A big time problem. It's a problem for sure. I mean, and nobody seems to have the answers. You know, you talk to Lamar after the game and Lamar saying, I mean, it looks good in practice and we get to the games and it's a different story. I, you know, he's, he's at a loss for words. Um, I think we all are because even with, it's crazy, even with the lack of talent that they have offensively, you still expect them to be better you know, than what they've been offensively. You, the offensive line is diminishing a little bit. They have not 
been getting the same type of interior push that they were getting about a month or so ago. Um, and that's, I don't even want to give them the pass of Ronnie Stanley not being there because I, even before Ronnie Stanley left the, the Panthers game, it wasn't great. So I, I, that's a little concerning. They're not getting that inside push. Um, the run game was better as I expected it to be. Gus is out there. Gus loses that fumble. That was a bad fumble. No doubt about it. Uh, they, get them to they get the Jaguar the defense holds and gets the Jaguars to settle for three off that fumble um and the Ravens don't they end up dodging somewhat of a bullet right there but the lack of big plays is still there Djax makes his big play in this game I'm sure that's you know a, a, a lot of people were happy about that it was good to see Djax out there Lamar really that was maybe one maybe his best throw of the year to be honest with you, uh, he's overthrown. He's missed guys wide open on some of these deep balls. He did not miss. You can't overthrow Deshaun Jackson. The best thing you can do is to try to overthrow him and let him just run under it. And that's what he did. Obviously, we want to see more from him. But this offense has got to be better than what they are. And with Denver coming in next week, Denver isn't great at all. Uh, their defense actually is pretty good even though they let the Panthers go out there and score 23 points on them this week. So you never really know what, what you're going to get in the NFL, uh, but they got, they got to be on their P's and Q's next week against that defense. You hope you, you, you hope that the Broncos have just kind of uh, mailed it in, right? Cause this will be the second team that they will be playing on the East coast at one o'clock mm-hmm. um, the Ravens. Cause they played the Panthers at one o'clock on Sunday, and then next Sunday they'll be playing here at MAT Bank Stadium um, on uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. So, you know, like you said, it's the NFL. It doesn't matter. We th- Look, we talked about the Jaguars being 3-7 set- and seven the whole time, and look at them. They lost to the 3-7 and seven Jaguars. So uh, they better figure out what to do offensively between now and next week. That's a All right, guys. ride home. I just, I just know that playing ride home is, is so sour. I can just tell from the press conferences. It's, it's, it's very quiet. <laughs> no uh, lives from Marlon Humphrey this week. No lives. No lives. Sure. All right, guys, before we get to our last segment, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so you can hear Rita and Cordell talk all of your favorite topics regarding your Baltimore Ravens. Okay, Cordell, so we typically do um, pats on the hat, but this is an embarrassing outing, man. Like, I mean, you know, I can pull some pats on the hat out if you need me to, but uh, it's going to be real hard. I'm going to tell you this now. It's going to be real hard in me doing this. So let me start off giving my pat, one pat on the hat to Roquan Smith. Um, He had eight total tackles. I mean, like if you look at it on paper, it doesn't look like he did anything outstanding, but when you watch the film, he was everywhere. And um, this, this was just a great trade by the Ravens. And, you know, um, he has really been a gem into the defense and particularly today, he was a silver line at the silver lining of what the Ravens were looking like on defense. So that is my first pet on hat. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an issue with that at all. He sets the tone. He fly. He's flying around the field. He's putting people in positions. Um, he, he he's out there, so he's a part of the loss himself. But he he definitely was one of the bright spots 
uh, on the field for the Ravens today. I'll give one on the other side of the ball. Josh Oliver going back out to the team that drafted him in Jacksonville. Josh Oliver, four catches on six targets, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Big day for him with Isaiah Likely not being on the field. Josh Oliver is coming into his own this year. He's done nothing but get better and better. Um, and, you know, on a day where the Ravens have a terrible loss, I, at least it probably feels good for him to at least have a nice career day. Yeah, I I, I was really um, happy to see him, you know, be involved in this offense because, like you said, he went he was he was drafted by the Jags, so you know, pretty it was good to see him, you know, be involved against his former team. I'm gonna pull one out just because, right? I'll give one to Deshaun Jackson, right? Like, I mean, I don't, really ain't expect much from him. It might be the only big play we might see for him for the rest no, of the year. Because no. you know that old man got hamstring issues. But uh, that's he 62 really looks like a thumb issue, too, on the broadcast. He's got his thumb wrapped up. See? And after that play, he's holding. he was holding his hand quite a bit. So we'll see. 35 years old. Um, is not old in regular people years, but in football years, it's like 80. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I would not be surprised if he got bank ailments and, you know, all these things going on with him. However, that 62-yard pass was a great uh, pass, reminding you some old Deshaun stuff. Now, I hope his hamstring is uh, held up and maybe he can be involved in next week's game. But if not, hey. We got we got we got a 62 yarder out of him as a Baltimore Raven. So I'll give one to Deshaun Jackson as well. Uh shoot. I mean, I'm grasping at straws right now, but <laughs> Marlon. I'll give one to Marlon. I thought Marlon was playing all over the field, had a sack in this game, two tackles for loss as well. Um, you know, I, I thought he did a really good job on Christian Kirk for majority of the game. You could see once Marlon wasn't on the field how the Jaguars really started to expose that Ravens secondary. Um, so, like I said, that'll be the big thing for me is – and he, Marlon's been dealing with stuff all year. Yes, you know, yes. This, this isn't new. So, um, hopefully he's not going to end up breaking down because I, I really think they need him considering Marcus Peters isn't playing at the level to where you can do without Marlon anymore. Maybe if this was two, three years ago, that would have been the case – not right now. Yeah, I, I don't have any more pats on the hat. Um, I, I got, got some tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> I got some tomatoes, but I won't do that. Moving forward, Cordell, um, do you think that this offense can be salvaged? I think this offense can be good enough. I I think they're you know they've got a game changing player in Lamar Jackson, so that right there gives you the the capabilities to to be able to make big plays they just haven't made them and you know they've got to start hitting on some of these they get their opportunities granted they have their moments where guys are running wide open and Lamar just you know he misses them at times so I think it'll be important for them to start executing better going forward if they're going to uh, get to the level that they want to get to. They, they, their biggest knock is that they keep leaving points on the field. You got to yeah. get away from settling for these field goals. The one way to change that is to start hitting on big plays. Obviously, the red zone is going to be the killer, and it's still crazy because that used to be a huge strength for them. Right now, 
they can't run the ball in the red zone. You have to be able to run the ball in the red zone. The Ravens can't do that right now. They got to get back to doing what they're best at. Yeah, as of, uh, I think coming into this game, they were 20th uh, in red zone scoring, um, which is not good. That's the lower half of the, you know, the rest of the league. So you really have to find a way to, you know, get back into the end zone because kicking field goals is not going to be it. And by the time Justin Tucker kicked that third one, I was like, the Ravens are probably going to lose this football game simply because they can't score touchdowns. I, I mean, that third one was kind of what sealed it for me because it just it told me what type of day it was going to be. Um, they have to find ways to court out to fix the little problems. Should not take as much time as it did for them to make that fourth down call and then only for them to run that play and yeah. then to not get it. We haven't really gotten in on that. Like, what was that? I, I, I mean, I'm surprised nobody really asked specifically. And, I mean, we'll see tomorrow uh, because I, I'm sure Harbs will be asked uh, about that, whether it's by somebody else or by myself. What was the, what was that play call on that fourth and one? Was that designed? Was it supposed to be Lamar look for a hole or was it? Like, I, I don't know what that was right. for, for me. I, I just knew they were going to hand the ball off to Gus Edwards and really not overthink it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like a quarterback sneak isn't the highest uh, success rate in that type of situation. But that was a weird-looking quarterback sneak right there. And then they're rushing to the line. Guys, too often they have to tell guys to go to one side of the field to the other because they're lining up wrong. It's, it was my number, but that play right there, you could see John Harbaugh was not happy. He was letting somebody on the headset know about it as well. It looked like um, I would imagine that's Greg Roman. And even, even in the press conference, John Harbaugh was asked about the clock going down on the play clock and stuff. And he continued, he's, this is the first time he's done this. He said it's on the coaches. He keeps saying it's on the coaches. So is it Greg Roman not, getting the call out quick enough is it greg roman stumbling over his words or like what is it whatever yeah. it is it's too late in the season to still be dealing with that this is now what uh week week 13 you know this is it's ridiculous yeah completely agree and so basically we're not gonna get it it's not gonna change basically we just gotta get used to it <laughs> it feels that way anyway basically. <sighs> All right, guys, we hope that um, you have uh, gotten over the loss a little bit. I know sometimes it takes people to get over it, you know, longer, but got to move forward. Right. You know, like Marlon Humphrey said, 24 hours. You only got 24 hours and then they got to move forward to the next game, which is the Denver Broncos uh, on Sunday who have their own problems, Cordell. They were, it appears that they were uh, not too thrilled and having some words for quarterback Russell Wilson That's um, right. their loss against the Panthers. No, yes. yeah. I mean, I, I, it's only a matter of time before people hit their boiling point out there. They're not where they wanted to be, where they thought they'd be coming into the season. And when you pay uh, a quarterback that much money, you expect, different results than what they're getting also speaking of that you know you see people gotta chill you see you see Pete, you see your boy Lamar on Twitter let you know letting people have it and stuff Lamar was clearly upset after this game he was upset at the podium dropped an f-bomb and he sure did 
is it Lamar Lamar was pissed at the podium and it carried over on the Twitter. Some of these fans, y'all got to chill, man. I mean, I'm not saying don't let these people hear about it. I definitely think you should, you know, but this is where we are. It's when you when you're in a situation to where you're trying to pay your quarterback, you divide the fan base and every time the team wins, it's up. This is why you can't pay them. And when they win, or, or you know, vice versa, yeah, opposite. So I, I, I don't know, but it just looked like Lamar's hitting his boiling point with uh, some the way he responded to people today. And I don't blame him. I do not blame him, you know, because I, I just think that a lot of this is multifaceted, and I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. And then, you know, fans are going to do what they do. I, I just want Lamar to find a way to not get on social media, um, you know, particularly immediately after losses like that. You know what I'm saying? Just, right. just – Find a way, find something else to put your energy into. Don't let these people take you out of con, uh, out of character, you know, because ultimately you are the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. They These people are on their couch, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. So it's no point in doing that. Me, They doing what me and you doing, except for you and I mm-hmm. on, on the Odyssey app getting paid <laughs> to do it, and they are here not right. doing it for money. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's Lamar, really please, don't let these people take you out of your character. It's really not worth it. And just move on to Denver. Hopefully by then everybody's in a good mood and uh, we can move forward from there. So we want to thank everybody for listening to the Winning Drive podcast. We are sorry that it came in a loss. Hopefully next week we will have uh, a, a better, more uplifting uh, podcast of sorts. Hopefully the Ravens will pull out a win against the Broncos. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.